Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. listener and welcome to the pop culture pub podcast our first podcast of 2024 man i can't believe it's 2024 that just blows my mind is it is it just me or is like it feels like it should be like maybe 2004 like like it was it was funny when you just said 2024 and i was like oh but that it doesn't i don't know i guess i'm still living in 2023 i haven't hit that that it's actually 2024. I think it's because I haven't had to write it down yet. <laughs> yeah, I've had to write it down quite a bit already today. It was my first day back at work. But I just remember thinking, like, the other day, like, I remember when I bought my first car in 1999, and I got a five-year loan on it. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, 2004. Like, that's so far away. Like, I just remember, like, Getting like that, um, I don't know what's called, like buyer's guilt or buyer's grief. Remorse. Remorse. Remorse, yeah. Like, I'm like, do I really need this car? Is it real? you know, is it worth having to pay for five years of my life? 2004 is so far away. And now we're 20 years past that. Like, just blows my mind. Blows my mind that I bought my first car 25 years ago. Do you still have that, <clears throat> no. that car? No, sadly. It was the best car I ever owned. It was a uh, 1997 uh, Pontiac Grand Am. That car... Oh, those were good cars. Yeah, like... Yeah. It was good on gas. I went everywhere with it, you know. Like, when I when I traded it off, you know, I almost had, like, 390,000 kilometers on it. Holy man. Yeah. Well, I used, wow. to, live, I used to live out in the... Well, country. you got your money's worth out of it then. I, I definitely put a lot of money into it as well, but it was a good car. Best but maintenance money or yeah, I had the you know it always that it always seemed like it had to have a wheel alignment and it always seemed oh. uh, we're having issues with the belts and I mean it you know but it I mean it it saw a lot of action like it it took me everywhere. Yeah, that's general routine maintenance stuff. That's to be expected. Yeah. I just remember, yeah, the yeah. Anyway, I could I could ramble on and on, but uh, it was a great car and um, good winter car. But anywho, anywho, it is 2024, and I've got a full, not our full roster, but almost our full roster for tonight. First up, <laughs> we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Uh, well, overall, however, and we were talking about this before, um, I thought I was having an allergy attack when I went home to see family for Christmas, and it turned out that my kid got me sick. Got me sick. So it's just like, it's just a cough and a cold, so I'm all stuffed up, but of course, the first thing everyone's like, do you have COVID? Did you get COVID? Did you, you went to church on Christmas, and there were a lot of people in the church, and you get COVID? Like, it's not COVID. My kid just wanted to curl up with me on Christmas, and he got me sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. Like, welcome like, to post-COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but it's just like, it, and I know that's what it is, and I feel better, but then I'll get the cough, and I'm like, oh, I, I got coughing at work today. I'm like, oh, God, I got to talk tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have a giant glass of iced tea in front of me, cough drops mess, and everything else. Yeah, this this holiday season was the first holiday season since, like, 2009 that I actually, like, got to take it off fully. So I got, like, 11 days off, and I was so worried I was going to get sick because that, that's how it seems to go. Like, you know, you, you get this time off, and then you're sick. Um, and yeah. My, and my mom actually got COVID just before Christmas, but thankfully she got over it, like, the weekend before Christmas. She was testing negative, so... It was all good, but no, I never, I never actually got sick other than my normal allergies. Um, yeah, it, like for me, it was it was pretty good, pretty good holiday season. Um, Alexa, uh, how are you? Doing? Hi. Oh, I'm okay. I'm here. It's now 2024, and I made it. So. <laughs> yeah. So I could ask for, I guess. Yeah, we, we survived Y2K. <laughs> Plus twenty-four. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And Lillian, how are you? <gasps> Not dead. Um, although I swear that the new year came extra fast this year. I don't know if it's like in our school district, our kids didn't finish school until the Friday before Christmas. Yep. So normally they would have finished earlier. So they they didn't finish till the twenty-second. So then like. You know, three days later, it's Christmas, and then a week later, it's New Year's. And normally, in our timeline, we have the kids at home a little earlier, and then you get to New Year's, and they go back to school, like, that same week, essentially. Mm -hmm. But now they go back to school a week later, so they don't start school till next Monday, which is yep. very oh. different. Oh. Um it's very late, it feels like. So all of a sudden, Christmas was rushed because the kids were still in school during the times where normally they wouldn't have been. So we would have been having Christmas parties or we would have been decorating with the kids with the week leading up essentially before Christmas. So um, I, I feel as if it is the 3rd of January and yet I blinked and it was just Christmas yesterday. Yeah. That, so if that is a sign of 2024, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that the kids here had the exact same thing. Like they, mm -hmm. yeah, we, yeah, yep. they're not, they're not back till next Monday. And I don't like, uh, and Kev, it's not like that where you're at. Um, no, they were back to school. I, I can't, I gotta remember what the dates are here. Um, they were back to school Tuesday, yesterday. Yeah. So they like, normally that's our schedule. The kids would have been back to school on the fall of the, the first week of January, the Tuesday yeah. and a bunch of parents are thrown completely off because their, their kids aren't back to school till next week. So like, I know people who planned family vacations over Christmas who booked it to come back and then their kids would slide into school. And now they're having to find childcare because they were like, Oh crap, we're, we're back. And they still have a week before school. Yeah. And, and where you're at Lillian and Alexa, did they get a week off in November as well? Uh, no, no. Because that's what that's what something that they introduced this year in our district, and so like my sister, she's a a teacher's aide that works for the the school, and yeah, she got a week off in November, plus this extended, you know, you know later time off, but it seems like it's extended. So, 
And I guess like next year or this year, twenty twenty four, they've approved another week off in November. It was just wow. Yeah. See, because we like we got with our Thanksgiving being different. There's a Thanksgiving break, but it's usually you know it's the Thursday of Thanksgiving, the Friday after. Yep. Some school districts might do the Wednesday before because a lot of people are traveling. Yeah. But they, they, they're like, well, Thursday, obviously, so many people are traveling or got whatever Friday. So let's just give that to. And then with travel, you know, they just were like, well, half the kids aren't here anyway. So they get Wednesday. Yeah. But that's around the holiday and it's not the whole week necessarily. But to just randomly have a week in November when you're getting one or two weeks apparently in December seems odd. Yeah. And, and this year for the holidays, it felt especially weird because uh, we had a brown Christmas. Like there was barely any snow anywhere. Like where mm-hmm. where uh, where where I'm at in Alberta. Um, I know southern Alberta, like closer to the mountains, they got some snow, but not where I'm at. So that to me that that's just weird. Um, like honestly, like today we had like a bunch of fog come in. So we got, we ended up getting that frost on the trees and stuff and in the, and on the grass in the ditches. So it looked like it had snowed, but it actually didn't snow. So it actually felt more like Christmas today than it did on Christmas. If that makes any sense. It totally does. It's all brown here too. Yeah, I guess it's El Nino. Apparently we're supposed to get snow starting today for a week. And I'm like, I'll believe when I see it. Yeah, I know yep. they're forecasting here, like, Sunday. It's supposed to get colder, but I still didn't see and possibility of snow, but just a possibility. Like, no, not for sure. So, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, I don't mind the, the warmer temperatures. I don't, like, I mean, driving has been awesome. Like, usually winter roads suck. Um, but it's been really good this winter. But I just worry come spring, like it's going to be potentially drier and we might have more fires unless we get rain, which I think the Farmer's Almanac was calling for. But that could be just a rumor. I don't know. But anywho, anywho, um, let's let's talk some New Year's stuff. Um, So... For 2023 and 2024, um, well, actually, before, I, I, uh, I was hoping Ragnar was going to be on tonight, because I wanted to, to thank him personally. Because um, Ra- Ragnar and I, we exchanged gifts. Um, and it kind of started last year when um, a package showed up at my house from Ragnar, and I kind of felt bad. So I, I, had, to, I had to quickly order him something. Um, and then the same thing happened this year, but this year I didn't actually open it before Christmas. I waited till Christmas to, to open it because, um, people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Ragnar does that because that's what he did last year. So I felt, no, bad. I mean, you wait, <laughs> no, no, I know, I know he does that. I mean, you wait until Christmas to open a gift that comes in the mail. I know it, it it's, it's weird. Like last year I felt bad because I didn't and, but Ragnar did. So this year I made sure to wait till Christmas. So anyway, because Ragnar goes to all these conventions and stuff, he he finds some really mm. cool stuff. So he knows I'm a fan of the 
the Disney movie The Black Hole that came out in the in the late seventies. I love that movie. It's got a special place in my heart. Um, so he actually bought me almost like a pristine copy or a pristine yeah, a pristine copy of the original novelization uh, by Alan Dean Foster. So I'm I'm looking forward to reading that because I've heard the novelization kind of expands on some of the stuff that they didn't in the movie where they kind of like leave it to your imagination whereas the novel kind of um, goes into more details. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. He also bought me the the comic um, adaption of the Black Hole, which I found from uh, Gold Key, which I find really fascinating because they must not have had the actors' likenesses rights or the person that drew it had no idea what the actors would look like because the, the characters look nothing like the characters from the movie. Um, like, the, the guy the guy who Anthony Perkins played in the movie, in the comic, he looks like Weird Al. Like, it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> and this is before Weird Al was, like, a person, so I know he didn't base it on Weird Al. Uh, well, he was a person, but he wasn't famous back then. Um, well, I know when they did the Star Wars comics, um, they were just given the script. They didn't know what the characters were going to look like or the actors or anything. So the original Marvel one for Star Wars is really weird and stuff doesn't quite look right. And they redid it later on when they had you know something to go off of. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what happened here. Like, I, I, I just found it interesting to flip through. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And he also got me a copy of the, the original series, Nitpicker's Guide. Um, like, these were books that they were putting out in the 90s. Um, it was like, you know, Nitpicker's Guide to, you know, Star Trek Next Generation. and That was the first one I got. And I actually did get the original series one back in the 90s. Um, but it's in storage, so I haven't looked at it in years. So that was kind of cool to get that. Um, so basically, yeah, it's this guy that just goes through each episode and nitpicks all the inaccuracies and all the things they did wrong, which is which is kind of why I guess I'm a kind of a nitpicker, I guess. Like, I was going to say, that seems like it's very you. Yeah, like... And, and Those books like, I mean, this in a good way. I don't mean it's a bad thing. I, like, yeah. it just seems like that's a very yeah, no, good I, gift for you. <laughs> I definitely get th- got that from those books. But you, what were you saying, mm-hmm. Lillian? They're such good books. I love them. I had the Star Trek Nitpicker's Guide, and it was everything. Yeah, it, it, it was... They're really well-researched. Um, and also, I remember back in the 90s, like, this is pre-internet, like, <laughs> Before Sorry, I... my tod- my toddler just saw me move the camera, and I'm like, get back in bed. And she's just looking at me like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just laying here. Um, so, yeah, pre-90s, like, there was not a lot of fan interaction with stuff. But this guy formed his own, like, fan club. Like, it was called the Nitpickers Guild. And you could write to him, and he would send you stuff. And, that, and it was cool. That was, like, my first, like, geeky correspondence I ever had with a writer or anything. So... So, that, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. And then he also got me a TNG viewer, like um, like this v- clicking, you know, like, you know, the old viewfinders, like those red things that you would put over your eyes and they come with the yes. wheels. So this is just, yes. a, so this is just a singular one. Uh, so, you know, it's just a single one. 
and it's got the images inside and it's TNG. So if you look, if you hold it up to a light, you can see pictures of TNG and you can click through it. Um, but it's still in the original packaging. So I didn't open it. And this is from like 1993. So this thing is 30 years old now. Um, wow. Original packaging. And I think it must've came from the Star Trek next generation or Star Trek fan club. Um, cause there that it kind of references it in the back, on the back of the package. So yeah, it was really cool. Like really cool finds. I want, you know, I am going to thank him, but I just want to throw it out there. If he's, if he ends up listening to this episode, um, really appreciate it. It was awesome. Um, all right. So getting on to our, our um, best of 2023 and 2024 resolutions. Um, and I mean, we don't have to go in depth with the resolutions, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, you know, you could throw it out there. But so I, every year I have a list of categories and we, you know, if you can pick from one, if not, you know, that's fine too. Um, so the first category was best comic book. Um, Kevin. You're a comic book guy. What was your favorite comic book of 2023? How did you know? Um, so I, I, I'm not sure. I know the graphic novel came out in 2023, so it counts for me mm-hmm. in my mind there. Uh, as I'm becoming more of a graphic novel person than a single issue person. But uh, my favorite one that I read this year was Do a Powerbomb. Hmm. So I know I, I know our other hosts have never heard of this, and Chris, I don't think you have either. I, I've heard of the book. So, but okay, I, I haven't read it though. Okay, so Dual Power Bomb is wrestling related, of course, but it's a much bigger story than that. Um, this little girl worships her mom. Her mom is a wrestler. Accident takes place in the ring. Mom dies. She becomes a wrestler to fulfill the void that her mom left when she passed mm-hmm. and always feels like she's in her mom's shadow and would do anything to have her mom back. Oh, my heart. So all of a sudden, some mystical being comes up and says, hey, I exist across everything. And I'm bored. And the thing that I enjoy watching is wrestling. And so I've decided to grab the best wrestlers from across all the dimensions and universes, and I'm going to have a tournament. And whoever wins, I'll grant you whatever you want. And what do you think she wants more than anything else? Your mom. So that's the story for it. And it was so freaking good. And of course, there's like there's wrestling in it that is, but it becomes such a bigger story than just that. Awesome, yeah. No, I've I've heard them talk about it on iFanboy. Um, no, that's I've, I haven't checked it out, but it, it definitely interesting concept, that's for sure. Um, Chris, I will be right back. Okay. Um, so my comic book of the year is the sensational She-Hulk. Um, it's the art was just fantastic. It's you know the oh I can't remember the name of the writer Rainbow 
Rao, I think her name is. Um, she's a she was a, a, a young adult author, um, but a comic book fan, and she took over writing She Hulk and has just done an amazing job. It's funny, it looks good, you know, the coloring, everything's great. It's one of those books that I read as soon as I can. Like it's like I was thinking. What's my favorite book of the year? Which is the one that like I read right away before I read anything else? Whenever there's a new She-Hulk, that's the one I'm reading. Um, so Alexa Lillian, did you guys have any comic books for 2023? No. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fine if you don't. <clears throat> no, not a problem. Actually, um, one of our local comic book artists uh, released, and I, it's one of my, I actually kickstarted, I think two comics this year um but one of them was is a, a wonderful comic he's made uh called poppy the girl who slept for a hundred years mm-hmm. and she ended up falling asleep in like i swear it's like the 1920s and she wakes up in the 2020s and it's absolutely hilarious because she's drawn in that old like archie comic type style with everyone else around her as the regular style mm-hmm. and he originated it as a bit of a web comic and then he's now made an actual book and it's just fantastic and it's refreshing because it's like the short little comics where like the first time she goes to get a soda pop and discovers like a 7-eleven <laughs> um it's just it's it's interesting and i love it very much and it's been a lot of fun i actually uh, it's with, I, I have quite a few comics I've collected this year and that's probably one of the ones that I just enjoy reading when I'm bored. So. Excellent. It sounds really cool. I'll have to send and you that, a copy. I have multiple. Art style. Oh, geez. Kate. Yeah. Hey, yeah. then I'll have a comic for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I ended up, he's just a lovely person. Yeah. I was going to say like, that's really cool that it's a like local artist that you actually got to meet and stuff. Well, we've got a few. We have a really awesome local arts community. So I picked up a couple comics from them. And uh, that's actually uh, years and years ago, I helped found a, a comic creative, uh, comic book uh, creators, a little guild down here. So oh, nice. um, I, I've stayed pretty close with some of them. So uh, one of them, actually, one of the guests that we had at my little event this year, he worked on Spawn with Todd McFarlane. And so he's just a really cool dude to hang out with. Awesome. So, that, yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Todd McFarlane, like, yeah, I love Todd McFarlane. He's, uh, you know, such a great... Uh, I love artist. Spawn. I love Spawn so much! <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I actually, some of the comics I bought this year were just old Spawn issues that I just loved. I, I love to look at Spawn, but Todd McFarlane, no offense to Todd McFarlane, I think he'll even admit this, he's not the best writer. He, you know, he's an amazing artist, but when, when he has to write it, it's like... Ugh. I don't know. No, and that's what my buddy does. My buddy's a writer. So he worked with Todd McFarlane. Like, he did the writing part of it. Oh, okay. Um, And I think any good creator would be willing to say, like, not everyone. Like, you may have an idea for a comic book, but not you shouldn't try and do everything. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, some people are just idea people, right? Like, they're they're not good with executing the idea, but they're good with making ideas. But... Anywho, excellent. Um, so the next category is best podcast or audiobook. Um, so this one I originally I left blank because 
I realized I really haven't been listening to audiobooks last year. Um, I did have a subscription to Audible, but I just found myself listening to more YouTube documentaries and stuff. Please tell me you spent all your credits before you canceled your subscription. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. Oh, okay, because I'm like, you lose them. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. I, I made sure. I made sure to, to get my books for sure before. I know uh, uh, one guy I work with, he was saying like cause he had wait, waited so long to get a new audiobook, but he was still paying for it. Apparently, you like top out at like 10. And even if you haven't used your 10 and you're and they're still taking money out of your account, you don't get any more than that if you don't use them. And I was like, geez, like that's, that's, uh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but anyway. Well, and I think it depends on your level. Like my audible, I get 12 credits annually. Like I've get kind of a year. So yeah. And like and, one, I get one a month, so yeah, it can add up to more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, when I had my subscription, I'd always find a book that, you know, I might not get to it right away, but I would get it. Um, so I have a bunch that I have listened to. Like, there was one that came out last year. Um, I think it's called The Stitch in Time. Um, it's the Deep Space Nine novel that was written by Andrew Robinson, who played Garrick. And it's on, uh, on Deep Space Nine, and he it's a novel about Garrick, about what happened to him after Deep Space Nine. And it's and it's read by Andrew Robinson, you know, who's a really awesome dude. Met him at Vulcan, um, you know, great actor. But I still haven't got around to listening to it. I feel really bad. Um, but so for this one, I'm gonna go with. Um, I listened to the iFanboy podcast, which has been around since 2005, I guess. <coughs> it was one of the first podcasts I had ever listened to. It's about comic books. Um, you know, each week they read, you know, they read a stack of comics and then they give their reviews and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the last few years they've done what they call the media explode episodes. So each month they do one episode, like a special episode where they they'll discuss like a movie or a TV series or, um, you know they'll they'll review a book or something like that, and they call it the media explode. Those episodes I never skip. Like I don't always listen to the weekly comic book show, but I will listen to those media explode episodes because um, they talk about some interesting movies and and uh, TV shows. Like they have very similar likes to me. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend that. Uh, Lillian, did you have a an audio book or uh, a podcast you wanted to recommend? Or that um, I say was your favorite for 2023? I'm trying to think of all the I've I've listened to a few. Um, I did just finish. So a friend of mine gave me because I devout. I, I went through a fantasy book like kick uh, the past few months, and uh, a friend of mine gave me a Google drive with all of Brandon Sanderson's novels, including the, these, the, these books, like if I was trying to book, I'd probably get a little bit lost when it started talking about some of the alchemical magic that they use. Mm. However, the graphic audio has 
such an amazing cast of characters. And because they do sound effects as well, when there's these very, very long fight scenes and they're talking about how, especially, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but when, when certain words are repeated, I really struggle with it. And so like, and then they did this and then they did this and then they did that. Like when you're listening to it in an audio format where there's sound effects and sword clashes and stuff happening, it kind of lessens the annoyance. Um, and so I, I listened to the first book of the Mistborn series uh, last week and was engrossed in it. And it was amazing. Uh, and now I'm working my way through the second book. And it's just it's fantastic. Um, I definitely would recommend it to anybody if they could get their hands on the graphic audiobook. Um, it's a lot easier than trying to digest all of the, the lore and all of this stuff that's happening in a big book. And, and uh, what was the series called again? Um, it's Mistborn. Okay. So, um, yeah. So the first book uh, is, oh, goodness me. I don't remember. It's a, they're, so the Mistborn is an epic series, and it starts with the final empire, and then it goes into the Well of Ascension and the Hero of Ages. And I'm slow to the party getting in on this because he's been around since 2006. But um, I it's a it's it's a it's a heavy read and I'm just madly in love. Excellent. No, that's awesome. So. Um, and like for the audio stuff, like you said, it's like an ensemble cast that does the reading. It is. There's at least a dozen okay. vo like voice actors in here. So all of the characters have their own voices and it's just fantastic. Um, the only fantasy one that I've ever listened to was uh, a song, um, a song of ice and fire. Uh, the first one, a Game of Thrones, um, and it was narrated by a, an act, uh, an actor named Roy Detrice. Um, for people who don't remember him, he was the leader of the underground city on Beauty and the Beast, um, the TV series. Uh, he actually, what he was the alchemist, um, the, or the leader of the alchemy guild or whatever in season two of of game of thrones he's the guy that gives Tyrion like the flame and to throw over so they would light the the wildfire that was in the water um so he, he he's got a great voice but you know when when he would like do like uh female parts like his you know some of the chapters are from a female perspective like um what so whenever he would do like sansa's voice or something like it always threw me off it's like you know because he was trying to sound like feminine but he just didn't i just i just wish he would have read it straight across because he had such a great voice um but not so much when when trying to play female characters um so that's where i think like an ensemble cast would would have been better but anyway uh alexa did you have a a best podcast or audiobook no okay no nope, not a problem <laughs> sorry guys those aren't really my things <laughs> yeah, not, not a problem uh so uh kev isn't back yet so we'll we'll move to the next topic uh best book um for me i went with a book called i am stan it's a graphic novel by Don, by tom scioli uh and it's about the life of stan lee um but in in a in a comic book graphic novel form so yeah, and it's based on interviews and um, different things that 
Tom Scioli has listened to over the years. Uh, I think it was Lash, like in 2022, he did one about Jack Kirby. So the uh, 2023, he did one about Stan Lee. And, you know, amazing. Like, he, he did does such a good job with these books. Um, you know, he, he tells it as honest as he can with the information that he's provided. And, you know, just make, you know, like, I, like, and that's the thing. Like, I know how it ends. Uh, because I know what happened with Stan Lee at the end, and it, and even even though like I knew it was coming, it still made me sad at the end. Um, for but so from a from a storytelling perspective, like an art and 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 literary perspective, you know he was he's very good. Like because it made me very emotional towards the end of the the book. Um, even though I knew what was going to happen, I still, you know, you know felt emotions so you know it, it was great it, it it's really great great book uh lillian did you have a best book of 2023 um yes uh and yet no um i did like i said i went on a huge fantasy binge at the end of it and i uh fell madly in love with uh, fantasy series and at the same time hate it with a fiery passion so <laughs> um, uh, apparently you know that nitpicky side of you where like have you ever read something and thought oh I really enjoyed this and then after when you were processing it you're like this did I really enjoy this like did hold on a second let's actually put these pieces together mm-hmm. um, but I did I did um, I did. I, I read a lot of books this year. I, I actually kept up with book club and I'm trying to think if I'd say if, Oh, 745 dance party. Um, I don't know the lights above me, by the way, just started disco balling. That's what I meant. Um, I, 745 dance party. I'm trying to think if any of them, I would class as like a best book. I read a lot of books, some really disturbing ones, really disturbing um and some ones that make you go hmm but nope nope i don't think i'd actually give any of them the title best no i read a lot of books maybe next year maybe for maybe you know what the goal for 2024 is to keep reading because i've kept up with book clubs so i've been reading a book a month plus extra and and i will goal for 2024 is to find a book i deem acceptable excellent Um... i did write a book in 2024 the 2023 mean but you wrote a book i did i completed nanowrimo again okay that that's a it's a novel it is yeah no i wrote a national novel writing month where you write like a 50,000 word novel in 30 days oh okay yeah so i did complete nanowrimo again so i have another book that's cool. Does it get published, or do you self-publish it? Um, I need to I need to edit it and finish it, and uh, maybe someday this one that I actually wrote this year might get published, uh, or it needs to go to see editors first and everything. But yeah. uh, this one, this one, maybe, maybe. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, I got to admit, like I've I've kind of had a bit of a writing bug lately. I haven't actually done anything with it but i've got an inkling to to write something 
because um, I know like this one guy I follow on YouTube, uh, Dave Cullen, he's been talking lately about, you know, we need to start making our own content. You know, we need to get back to that as a society. Um, instead of, you know, like Disney, you know, making more Star Wars movies after Star Wars movie, you know, and throwing Indiana Jones out there. Like, we need some, we need people to write original stuff and, and, you know, build, you know, start building some new universes. Like what, what Seth MacFarlane did with the Orville. Um, and I was thinking, I did that back in 2016, but I never really did anything with it. So I'm thinking about revisiting that. And, um, yeah. But I definitely have to read more, though. I didn't read as much as I would have liked. But, anyway, Alexa, did, did you have a favorite book of 2023? I do, but I do, it's cookbook. That's fine, that's fine. <laughs> um, but it's, um, and I haven't, I haven't had the chance to bake anything out of it yet because my life has been just like pure chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, even Christmas baking, I barely got any done. Um, but it's that most people know him from TikTok, Dylan. He does the baking yesterday. I love him so much. Yeah. (laughs) So I have the book and I've not even opened it yet, but I was so excited to order it i ordered it pre beginning of november because i wanted to kind of go through it and test some before christmas right mm-hmm. and then give out all these like old recipes and i you know i mean when i say i haven't opened it like i opened it i flipped through i looked at the pictures and that's about it so i haven't like gone through and read anything but I'm still super excited to be able to do it. And I'm hoping to go through every single recipe that's in it in 2024. Excellent. <coughs> so. All right. Uh, we got Kevin back on the show. So real quick, Kevin, a uh, couple questions. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, best podcast or audiobook of 2023? Oh, well, other than ours? Yes, of course. Of course. Oh. <laughs> did did, did someone ask that, Joe? Nope. No. No. Oh, all right. Okay, so the podcast that I've enjoyed the most and actually had just an incredible episode just come out, too, um, is the Wizards podcast. So, again, to go back to comics for everyone that enjoys comics on here, um, Wizards was a groundbreaking, like, huge magazine in the 90s that covered comics and became, like, if you were a comic geek, that was your hub for pop culture, for stuff. They went through, like, comics, but then it was movies and TV shows and toys and everything else. And uh, someone who I'm now friends with um, started a podcast just reviewing it. Hey, we're going through the first issue, and we'll talk about it, and then the second issue, and so on. But then they got interviewing writers for the magazine, you know, decades later, talking about what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Comic writers and artists that were featured in it, did interviews with. But the one that just dropped, part one, second part are still to come, is they interviewed Garib Seamus, who's the guy that founded the magazine. He was the publisher, the editor, like the founder of all of it. And so they're like, how did this start? What happened? And it's just like this podcast is becoming like uh, comics history. 
and it's really fascinating, like all the stuff they're learning and digging up and everything, and they pissed off Rob Liefeld along the way, so <laughs> doing something right. Yep. No, actually, I've seen an ad for that episode on Facebook or Twitter or X or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. No, I haven't listened to it, but that, that it's definitely up my alley. Like, I, I love Wizard Magazine. I wish I wish they still had it. Like I wish, and and in the comic book format, like the comic book size, like that was the best. Oh yeah, now, when they went to the the bigger magazine size, they were just like they're yeah. trying to do like a men's magazine for comic nerds, which didn't really work. Yeah, I mean it 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 worked for me. Like I I still picked it up, yeah. but <laughs> I, I, I I still have I still it. got it, but it wasn't what it was. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like I I loved it when it came in the poly bag, and you'd have like you know maybe a mini comic with it or a card, and it it it, yeah. it was oh. just awesome. You know, in a time in my life that I don't think I'll ever see again. No, there's no magazine like it anymore. No. And that's where you went to, to, to find out about artists and writers and, and the, you know, what was upcoming. And, um, like, I know, like, you know, stuff like Bleeding Cool, like, websites like that, like, they got that now. But I don't know. I, I, it, it, all right. So I don't know how retail is in Canada. Um, but I was actually having this discussion with um, a friend of mine that all, all the stores seems sterile now mm-hmm. like nothing feels like a store that you want to go to and spend time in or a mall that you want to go to and spend hours in yeah like everything just feels like let me just get what i want and get out yeah it just like everything feels like a bland doctor's office and a lot of the magazines like i get a ton of magazines i'm on list for free magazines i get magazines through work like i get a ton of magazines and most of them are crap and it just doesn't matter. And it's all like, buy buy this new thing that doesn't matter in by next month when we tell you to buy the next new thing. But Wizards felt like a home. Like, oh, here's a place I can go and my fellow people are there. My fellow geeks and nerds are all here together. Yep. And granted, we're only communicating through text, but it felt you know, so welcoming. And, and honestly, it kind of felt like how early blogging was, too. Like, all of us trying to find a home and a voice and, and other, you know, similar people out there. Yeah. No, they did great things, you know, and I was really sad when they when they left. What, what year, was that 2010 when they shut down, I want to say? I don't remember off the top of my head, but that sounds about right. I remember Fringe was still, like, in production, because I remember one of the last issues had... Like they were doing a story about Fringe, I think season three. But anyway, um, and Kev, uh, the your favorite book of twenty twenty three. All right, favorite book I read this year, and I, I I looked up actually like it came out in November twenty twenty two, but by the time I read it and went through and all, yeah, and sold it to other people, um, my favorite thing I read that stuck with me is. Dickens and Prince. And I can't remember if I already mentioned it on here at all. It, over 2023. I think you did. I'm, it, I've, I think you mentioned it, but but please refresh my memory. Okay. 
so Dickinson Prince is Nick Hornby, who wrote High Fidelity, which the John Cusack movie and the Hulu TV series are based off of that. And he wrote About a Boy, which was a Hugh Grant movie. Mm -hmm. um, he wrote the novels for both. So he's working on this next novel and he's just like, I want to play some music. I want something to just inspire me and all. And he's like, I'll play Prince. All right. Well, I've heard, you know, 1999. I've heard like what else is there? And he finds this enormous catalog of music from Prince they never knew existed. He's like, wow, what an incredible amount of output he did in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And he's looking into it and he's like, wow, who else was just like producing new stuff constantly all the time like this? And he thought, oh, like, well, probably Dickens, because, you know, when he was writing, like, granted, now they're all collected as novels, but at mm -hmm. the time it's like, here's a chapter coming out weekly in, you know, the newspapers and magazines at the time. He's like, geez, he had to put out something new week to keep the audience going and all. And he said, oh, I'm probably the only person in the world that ever compared Prince and Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. And then he starts looking into more parts of it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, they both had issues with their publishers. They both had issues with women. They both had issues with certain vices. They, like, they both had issues with, you know, their own legacies and, and controlling how their work is presented and what's out there and all. And he's like, oh, my God, these two are of the same mindset, just you know, a century pretty much here. Um, and it was just fascinating to see the creative mind and output of two seemingly unrelated people, but very similar in how they put their energy out. And the whole book's like less than 200 pages, too. Excellent. Yeah, yeah I, very interesting. Yeah, I can't remember if, if I heard that from you or if I heard that from iFanboy, but yeah, no, oh, very interesting. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next category, and that's best TV series. Um, so what was the TV series that you enjoyed watching the most? Not, it's not the new one, but the best one that you enjoyed. I, I went with, uh, it actually came out in 2022, but it finished in 2023, and that was 1923. Um, the, uh, oh, what's his name again? Um, the, the creator behind Yellowstone um, did this prequel series featuring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren um, as, uh, you know, the descendants, or not descendants, but the... Um, ancestors or however you want to say it of of the characters in yellowstone and yeah it's just amazing it's a, it was such a such a good series um harrison ford you know makes such a great cowboy he's so awesome helen mirren also amazing um she did such an amazing job as playing his wife and um and they went places I did I didn't realize they were going. Like part of the series takes place in Africa, and it it's following one of the uh, the Dutton sons that fought in World War One, and then he decided to like stay on that side of the world, and he, and he made his way down to Africa, and and uh, at the end of the first season, uh, you see him trying to make his way back to Montana because his family's at war with uh, 
another family that um, you know tried to tried to kill them. Um, yeah, it's just if you like cowboys and Indian or not in well, actually, yeah, there is there is a, a, a B plot about a residential school uh, where you see um, native uh, girls, you know, being mistreated and this one uh, native girl breaks out of the school and they and the the church goes hunting after her and and she's actually an ancestor of one of the the, the chief uh, the chief guy from Yellowstone I can't remember what red uh, red I don't want to say red water but something like that but anyway very fascinating yeah like it cowboys and Indians it's it's it's, it's great it's fantastic um, Alexa, did you have a show that, uh, that you watched in 2023? I have lots of shows that I watched in 2023, <laughs> but the ones that kind of stuck out to me the most, um, are Alone, which was kind of a reality TV series where people got dropped Alone off in the amazing. middle of nowhere and had to survive. And then the other one that I watched uh, quite a bit of was Homestead Rescue, mm. which, again, I guess it's a reality-ish show that um, is a is more so oh is more so about um, people who are trying to live off grid, and this family goes and helps them because they're failing at living off grid. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching that one quite a bit. Uh, well, I guess rewatching the first like six seasons because I guess there's eleven now. <laughs> so try to catch up. But that one was good when when it was, and it's still good now. And then my honorable 2023 mention is Wednesday. I loved that one. Everything yeah. about it was glorious. Excellent. I'm really excited to. To learn that she's going to be in the second Beetlejuice movie, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good cast. Yeah. Yep. Um, Lillian, what was your favorite show of 2023? There, there was a few. Like just like Alexa said, like there were some good ones out there. Like Wednesday was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki was enjoyable. Um, like. We watched some animated flicks that were awesome. Um, there's just way too much that came out this year that that was really good. Um, it, it, pretty much just a lot of there's some also really bad stuff. Like we could definitely do like an entire episode on shows from 2023 that tried and failed horribly. Yes, um, very actually, so. not a bad idea. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Okay, write that one down. Write that one down. Yes. <laughs> Movies that we thought, shows that we thought were going to be very, very good. Like Monarch, uh, very much enjoying, um, but we're still currently watching that. But like Monarch was fantastic. Uh, Scott Pilgrim was amazing. Um, like, you, uh, uh, one show I did watch that I would like to have unwatched for 2023 uh, was uh, one of my writing buddies. Um, we have a, we have a mild obsession with Sebastian Stan and, uh, he did a movie that's on Disney plus called fresh. 
that I made the mistake of watching that I will not it definitely uh changed the way that I see him. Consider well, I mean now he's currently playing like Donald Trump, but uh <laughs> it's just well, uh it's he'll... just a very it's like the wish version of Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Is that movie. He kidnaps girls and sells their meat to keep oh. well they're still like the, he keeps them alive to keep them fresh. I heard I I think I either seen a part of it or something. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. He and he was also in that It's it's He was also in that mini series where he played Tommy Lee, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, no, where he has an eleven minute long conversation with his penis. Oops, am I allowed yeah. to say that? Or with his nether regions? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's intense. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting. He, he's done some very interesting things. Um, uh, definitely, Sebastian Stan has made some choices. Like he also did a really weird gymnastics show called The Bronze that had a heavily acrobatic, intimate scene that required maneuvers that he had to learn <laughs> gymnastics once. It's um, not for the faint of heart. But it also stars the blonde from uh, Bernadette, the lady who plays Bernadette from uh, The Big Bang Theory. She is like this feisty, crass little gymnast, and I cannot unsee her. Yeah, Melissa. That way. Melissa Rauch? I, I want to say your name. Rauch. Yeah. She's the one that gets gymnastically naked with some <laughs> Sebastian Stan. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds interesting, and I'm not sure if it's good interesting or bad it's, interesting. It's, Thank you, you know, I, I saw an interview uh, where Sebastian said that uh, they had shot that scene on the third day of filming and that it was like, let's just get it out of here. There you go. There were two pe- There was apparently two moves somebody else had to stand in for that he hadn't learned yet. But it was I, I made the mistake of looking it up just because I was curious, and now I again something I can't unsee. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, so twenty 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 three was a year of what the hell are you doing, Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that man, but still. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys I would like to meet at a convention sometime. He's he's really fun. Um. All right, Kev, your favorite show of 2023. How's this dismount? What, what's that? I said, how's this dismount? Oh. Uh, not terrible. Uh, <laughs> from what I saw, it was quite fantastic, actually. And um, it was, uh, it was, it was very well done. Hmm. Um, I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. It's so I'm weird. So curious now. Yeah, please do. Like, I'm gonna have to look at. I'm gonna have to look at that because I'm usually one who likes different that nobody else likes. So you might uh, be ready for the bronze or or fresh, and you need to let me know exactly what you think. Now you have to realize the bronze is from 2015, so it was this weird rabbit hole that it sent me down with the whole that led to the bronze that then led back to Tommy Lee, and it just it was a weird rabbit hole. Hmm. That was my basically my month of November. <laughs> yeah. I um you're all watching far more shows than I. I I think my danger is I watch too much wrestling. That's most nice. No, did you watch the wrestling show with with uh Zachary what's his name or what Zach Efron? Uh, Iron Claw. Yeah. 
that was the Chris, and then uh, there were three of us going. I I have two best friends, and we all have like a group chat going. It's mostly about wrestling, and one of them came down with COVID over Christmas, mm. so we didn't meet up, and it, it kind of like. It, and the next day his wife got it and then his kids got it each successive day like dominoes um but i'm heading out there next week um one of them moved to indiana so we're we're heading out to do a a cheer up because he moved like nine hours away from all of his friends and family so we're gonna head out there for a trip and and we're gonna try to see the movie then Hopefully. So we're already like monitoring if the movie theaters are still going to have it in a week and a half just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And then we're also realizing our age because now we all have dietary restrictions. So we're trying to figure out where we can go eat. We'll have to pack a lunch. Oh, world. Yeah. It's a nine hour drive one way. It's going to yeah. be a long weekend. Yeah. Um, so, because I watched so much of that and haven't been able to watch many, quote, normal shows, which I'm going to try to do better for 2024 because there's a lot that I haven't watched yet and I need to, uh, I think the only show that I saw all the way through and enjoyed the hell out of and couldn't wait to watch again was Shorzy. Oh, uh, I sent my friend the most amazing Shorzy mug for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it, Letterkenny yeah. spinoff, it, it started out, I'm like, okay, I get that it's a spinoff, but you're trying to make it be its own thing and exist in its own world, but it seems like you're going too far and it's not. And then the story finally comes full circle. I'm like, I can't wait to see more of this. It finally found its legs. My brother told me to watch that, and I was like, I don't like this. And then I was like, wait, wait, let's give it some time. Yep. Oh, my gosh. When it found itself, I'm like, Yes. It's this beautiful. Is so good. I was so happy about it. I, how did I? I said it's wholesomely offensive. Ooh, that also sounds intriguing. <laughs> yep, that's the best way I could put it. Because some of the stuff out of their mouth, I'm like, I, it, it, you know what? It reminds me of like the first time I saw something from Kevin Smith, and I'm like, I can't believe that you can so eloquently have a potty mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you say such filth in such a brilliant way? But then there's a heart to it as well. And I'm like, I'm falling in love with this story here. Yeah, that was probably my favorite one for the year. Excellent. Um, I think there's a the final season of Litter Kenny is coming out or just came out, I think. I th- I don't know if we because we'll have it on Hulu and I know you guys got it on Crave yeah and I, I don't know if it's there yet I remember seeing but I, a, I mean yeah. I'll, I'll... I seen an ad I'm which a... I mean it's time yeah I I love it but the, like it's definitely time but what what you were saying Kev about like watching wrestling and stuff like that's kind of how I was this year with hockey and baseball like I was watching a lot of baseball during the spring and summer and then fall and spring and winter watching hockey like just i'm definitely watching more sports than i ever used to um all right so the best new tv series that's the next category uh for me i went with the last of us 
Um, so when when I pick a new TV series that I like, um, I gauge it by like how quickly I have to watch it. And this was one show that was like pretty much appointment viewing. Um, when whenever they would put out a new episode, I would watch The Last of Us. Uh, Pedro Pascal, amazing as always. I, I he's like one of my favorite actors now. Um, just a great human being. Uh, and then also, uh, I can't remember her name, but the the actress who played Leanna Mormont on Game of Thrones, she's the um, his you know quote unquote you know adopted daughter or whatever for the show, and she does an excellent job. And then. Another cool thing is they filmed it in Alberta. So, you know, some of the, the city scenes and stuff were filmed in Edmonton and Calgary. Um, some of the mountain scenes were filmed in the Rocky Mountains. And, and um, yeah, and they, had, you know, had some uh, Canadian actors playing some of the roles. Um, like, it was awesome to see Graham Greene show up for an episode. Um and also um, uh, Nick Offerman, which I will talk about in a little bit. He did an episode, and amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, all right, so Kev, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, do you have a best new TV series for 2023? I do. So one um, I kind of fell off of. I, I was enjoying the opening, and then I just got busy, and I know it's on one of the apps, so I'll get caught up. Um, I really, like, I don't do crime shows. I drills. I have um, I have certain lines that I don't like to see crossed on shows, and those shows cross them, so I don't watch them. Uh, but I was fascinated to see an evil Zach Morris on a new show called Found. And it was really interesting. Um, it's a independent group that finds missing people because, you know, they the, the police aren't doing the job unless it's like, you know, pretty white blonde girl. Yeah, I think. Yep. And the, the lead. Is, this is the show with that lady from Shameless, right? Um, I. Oh, she, oh, what was her name? She, she's an uh, an African American lady, really beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I. Oh, uh, stunning. Yeah. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Why don't I know her name? Yeah, I can't think of her name. She was uh, like the neighbors of the Gallagher's. Um, she was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good actress. And yeah, I, 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 I and the bar, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I. I haven't seen this show, Kev, but I have seen ads for it because I believe it's on City TV in Canada. That would make sense. Um, just from what I remember for what City TV carried when I still had access to that, too. But, yeah, it's – so when she was younger – and it doesn't spoil anything. It's in the trailers for the first episode yeah. even. Um, she was kidnapped when she was younger. It's – Mark Paul Gossler, Zach Morris's character that did it. Somehow along the way, she finds him and traps him. But now she's using his mind to like help her solve cases. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like, you know how these people operate. So where would you hide someone? What would you do? How would you avoid the police? What lies would you tell? And then she's got a whole team that helps her. And like, you know, one's the computer expert, one's the, you know, forensics or whatever. And they all have some sort of history as well. And they're all effed up. And it was really fascinating. Um, I, I, I'm trying to be careful cause I'm like, I'm going to get into the show and it's going to cross one of my lines and then I'm going to bail and I'm going to be mad cause I was enjoying it up to that point. Yeah. It, it kind of sounds like the blacklist, but instead of, um, you know, terrorists, they're going after like predators. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what the blacklist was, was about, right? Like they had, what's his name? David or, um, James Spader, he played. He played. Um, oh, I can't remember his character's name now, but he, but he was like this amazing super criminal that they captured, and they use him to capture other criminals like him. Um, that actually sounds pretty good, and I may have to go watch because the last time I saw him in a show, it was on that baseball one called Pitch, and I really enjoyed it. So that was a good show. That was a was a good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, why did one season and then they're like, mm, now? Nah. So who 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 are you referring to, Lillian? James Spader or uh... Mark Paul Gossler? No, yeah, Mark, Mark Paul, Paul Gossler. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the actress we were thinking of that we couldn't remember her name is Shinola Hampton. Yes, and her right. character's name was. Oh, it's on the tip of it's my. Veronica. Name. Veronica, yeah. Veronica. Yeah, she was amazing. Anyway, anywho, um, excellent, Kev. Um, Lillian, do you have a favorite uh, best new TV show? Reacher. Nice. Okay. Hands down. Reacher uh, is is one that we were counting down for December to start so that Reacher came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for my favorite line is where she's like three pissed off uh, soldiers in a kaiju. And I'm like, yes, Reacher is a kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, that show just makes me happy. Um, but right now, technically, I guess this is 2024, but Percy Jackson just aired on uh, I think it's on Disney. Yep. And yes, it is. Um, yeah. And I admit despite some of the mini nitpicks that we have had with it, it is already 5 million times better than those horrible movies they made. So bad. Um, And despite some of the, the the issues that we've had with it, um, it it is a wonderful start to, to, to 2024. I have high hopes, such high hopes. Like if they keep where they're going, this could do really well, except for what really, don't know if you know, like, okay, just a quick little moment. Um, the, the, the Percy Jackson movies, uh, in the book, Percy is 12, and he finds out yes. about a prophecy that has bad things happen when he turns 16. And when they made the stupid movies, it was 16, which is stupid. Um, and so in this TV series, they have actually properly aged Percy. Uh, so the internet has been making interesting little comments, and I'm like, you all need to be quiet. There is no romance in the first three Percy Jackson books for a reason, because he is a baby. Mm-hmm. We are not talking about children in sexual tones when they are playing 12 year olds. I don't care how old the actors are. Like we are, the internet needs to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, we don't be, need to talk about chemistry. <laughs> no, but I think there can be, you know, that like 
first crush kind of thing. Yep. But that's as far as that needs to go. Exactly. Like, it's and innocent. It. It's, again, it's, it's, it's children. They're children. And it's yeah. it, everybody has experienced their first crush. There's those little moments. But one thing that Rick Riordan did beautifully in the Percy Jackson books was the way that he dealt with the whole flirting, awkward teenagers thing. Like, so, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't. That's not a thing. So uh, if you guys, <laughs> it's really enjoyable so far. Uh, Alexa, you can probably nitpick it together. Alexa, did you have a best? Uh, Alexa. I keep saying Alexa's accent. Well, it was it was Wednesday. Excellent. Wednesday was my my like new one that was the best. But I also just started that Percy Jackson one, and it is top tier. All right. So the next category is best TV episode. So was there one episode from? Doesn't have to be your favorite show. It could be a different show. Um, that you just thought was great. Um, for me, it was an episode called Long, Long Time. It was episode three of The Last of Us. It was the episode that featured Nick Offerman, uh, who played Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. Um, and he basically was just there for that one episode. And it was amazing. And I almost cried at the end of the episode. I, Which... I never thought I would, but, um, you know, it featured, uh, his character, um, meeting someone during the, uh, the apocalypse and him coming to the really realization that, uh, he's a gay man, you know, uh, he, and he meets this guy, they fall in love and they fight the apocalypse. And I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's amazing. Like those two actors, Nick Offerman and I can't remember the name of the other actor, they did such a great job. You really did believe that they loved each other, and it was super sad. Like I almost cried at the end of the episode. It was very touching. Um, so that for me, that was the best TV episode of 2023. Uh, Kev, did you have a favorite TV episode of 2023? So there wasn't anything that, like, really stuck out when we were first discussing this. And, like, I was even I was even looking. I'm like, should I choose, like, a episode of wrestling that really was something special? Like, that's how much I was trying to think. But then my kid and I started watching. Out of nowhere, he said, let's watch season two of What If. I'm like, oh, all right, let's roll. And it just came out, like, right after Christmas. And, and holy crap. That first episode, I went nuts for. And he and I, like, I couldn't believe that I was dissecting it with him. And, and like, explaining things. And I think it's his moment of, like, discovering other fictions. Yep. So I, I, I have this attachment through him with it. But the first episode is, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? And you're like, okay, it, on surface, I'm like, all right, so she joins the Nova Corps, which we saw in the first Guardians movie, like, all right, big deal. No, it's a freaking space noir murder mystery. And it's through Nebula. It's like freaking Blade Runner and, I don't know, Maltese Falcon, like... 
I could not believe they were doing this. And there were times because it's all, you know, it's moody and rainy and dark and, you know, it's the noir style. I'm like, there's moments I'm forgetting this is a cartoon. Because it's just building that atmosphere and looking, you know, I mean, like, I don't want to say real because it's out in space and with, you know, blue skinned people and everything. But like, as real as that could look. Oh, but it was just fascinating. And here he is watching it at 10, like, oh, this is what like a mystery is. And having not really, you know, been exposed to that in, in this way. And, like, trying to figure it out, the red herrings, and who's really, you know, doing it, and there's betrayals and all. And he's just like, oh, my God. Like, like engrossed in it. And it was just, you know, like, I know I'm a Marvel apologist, but it was one of those things reminding me of why I love this stuff, of here we took a random character and told you know, uh, a 30s detective story, really, with it. Like, that's how great all this medium is. Excellent. Yeah, I haven't uh, caught any of the what-ifs yet, but, yeah, that's on my ever-growing list. Once again, an adorable Sebastian. So many Sebastian's dad moments. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a two-year-old. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Lillian, <laughs> uh, did you have a best TV episode of 2023? Yes. Which okay, so I uh, role play Star Trek uh, in this forums that I've been in. I've been doing this for 20 years, and one of the the sites that I'm on, they did a Frontier Day adjacent storyline. Uh, uh, and I had I've never watched Picard, as we know that I have never watched Picard. But because they were doing this storyline, I realized I needed to watch the season finale of Picard uh, season three to understand what was happening in this role playing game. And I made the mistake of watching it at work and weeping for an hour, essentially, uh, as I watched it. And that probably would be the highlight of that, that uh, of all the it it brought me to my knees with happiness and sadness and and i may not have watched picard but that that finale was a standalone on its own one of the most soul warming beautiful things i've ever seen so you're talking about the and I'm so the, the series finale of star trek picard yes the, se oh, okay. the se season three finale. Oh, okay, for some reason I thought so because were... our storyline, uh, our no, 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 for Picard, like season three, the the series, like the yeah. season finale for it. Um, our because uh, our event happened during Frontier Day, so we I had to know what happened during Frontier Day. Cause... Yeah. So in our story, our ship was one of the fleet uh, that had its uh, fleet computer taken over. And because not not to not to date you, but. You're over 25, yeah. so you wouldn't have been affected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my character wasn't affected. However, my character's boyfriend's a 14-year-old was. Oof. 
which was terrifying, by the way, writing children like that. Um, Because our ship has family members on it. It has toddlers on it. Um, And so some of our younger, brand new, uh, we had just written, uh, essentially we had some new crew coming over uh, that were new ensigns that got turned. Uh, it was, it was, it was really fun to write, but also really terrifying because my, my character is the chief of security for this ship. And my mm. character had to go and, and essentially kill uh, crew members, yep. which was not fun. And it's, it, we're actually at the part right now uh, where we're writing the recovery after frontier day. So our characters, it's been nine months since then so our characters have all had time to figure out what they were doing a bunch of them have moved stations and stuff so it's it's been pretty intense uh writing as you can imagine but that's yeah. what the fun of role playing is and that's why unfortunately i suck at games world of warcraft <laughs> because i'm used to this kind of role playing where it's the hmm. excellent oh yeah that was that episode. Just wow! That just I it, just cried. It was, it was a great episode. It, it was. Um, it was honestly the the moment. It, I was fine. I was kind of like myth. This is kind of whatever until the moment when they stepped on the bridge of the Enterprise D, and then I was bawling like a two year old. Yeah, I. I wasn't... And I'm so grateful that the day I watched this, I was all alone in the office. <laughs> I I actually also watched it at the office, but I, I didn't cry, but I was just like, <laughs> my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, what? This was not yeah. the Enterprise I like thought Like the carpet, like the comment about the carpet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was so good, so good. Like, ever since they started Star Trek Picard back in 2020, I've been waiting them for them to bring back the Enterprise E, because that was the Enterprise that we saw in the movies I figured it had to still be out there somewhere, you know, probably Worf's captaining it, which he did, you know, like I, I was expecting to see that at some point. I never in my wildest dreams thought we would see the D like that just blew my mind. I was just so, and so in a good way, I was so happy. Um, all right. So, Oh, Alexa, did you have a best new TV series of 2023? It was the same one as yours. Excellent. <laughs> and you explained it way better than I could. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, like they did such a good And I'm not even a gaming person. It was like such I've, a I've, moving, it was a moving episode. Yeah. Um, it, like, yeah, it was one of those ones you could feel the emotion and the emotion felt very raw. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the last time... I felt anything like that was when The Walking Dead first came out. Ooh. Yeah. Don't... As far as, you know, like you actually feel it and it, and it like immerses you into the episode like you wouldn't have expected, right? Well, and yeah, that's the thing. Like with um, The Last of Us, I've never played the game, so I don't know what to expect, but. I'm told that the gaming community likes it, so that's a good sign. It is It is very in tune with the game. It's not identical to the game, but it's very in tune with it. And I think, I hate to say it, I think I almost like the TV series better than I like the game. And I really like the game. Excellent. All right, so the next category is best movie. Uh, so what was your favorite movie of 2023? 
I like I like I said, I think before we started recording, like I wanted to watch Oppenheimer, never got around to it during the holidays. I really have no intention of checking out Barbie. I did want to check out that new Martin Scorsese film with Leonardo DiCaprio and and uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Um, the Flower about, Moon. Yeah, yeah, the Flower Moon. Yeah, something about the Flower Moon. Killer, killers, killer, killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. Yeah, that that one, which is based on a true story. And I know my father-in-law. He's at like when I'd seen him last, he had seen it like twice, and he was going back for a third time. He liked it so much. Um. But again, unfortunately, I missed it in the theaters, so uh, kind of waiting for it to show up. But based on the ones I did see, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie was my favorite of 2023. Um, because I have a lot of nostalgia for, you know, the NES system. Um, you know, even playing the Wii, like uh, when they brought the Super Mario Brothers back, Um Yep. Yeah, I had a lot of good times, and I thought the the casting was spot on. The voices were really well. Um, I know there was some controversy with Chris Pratt playing Mario when they wanted to get an actual Italian guy, um, but he did a fine job. I, you know, I had no issues, um, and I especially loved uh, Jack Black as King Koopa. Um, like he does that song in in the movie, um, <laughs> and man, I just I made me laugh. Um, yeah, so great, so great. Um, so that was definitely my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Alexa, what was your favorite movie of twenty twenty three? You know, I was originally gonna pick the Super Mario movie, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, no, you know, it was really, really good. But I expected it to be good based on the cast that they had, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think they could screw that up. And they didn't. They actually surpassed my expectations for it in that I've, like, watched it, I don't know, at least ten times now. Um, but I actually – I had trouble with this one because it was a toss-up between two. But I have to go with Elemental. Ooh. Okay, yeah. And And I think it's because, you know, originally – um, I expected it to be like kind of like a crappy inside out, you know, kind of feel to it. Like they've already done that. Well, you know, they're just trying to keep going with that. It wasn't. It was something completely different and it touched some heartstrings and it takes a lot for a movie to do that. As far as like a wholesome kind of family film goes. <laughs> Yeah. Which are the ones I usually go to the theater with, right? You go with the kid. Yeah. Um, so that was that was probably number one. And number two, again, was not the Mario movie, but it was The Little Mermaid. Hmm. And that's just because it was pleasantly surprising in that if you hadn't seen it, and you know, or if you had seen it, and the cartoon as a kid, classic Disney, um, and my love for Disney princesses is is there. However, I wasn't expecting a whole lot based on reviews that I'd heard from people about the movie because they weren't happy with it. And I waited about three weeks before watching it, of it being in the theater, before going. And, you know, I I read reviews here and there of what people thought. And I talked to friends who'd seen it. And they're like, you won't like it. You won't like it. I freaking loved it. 
And I loved it because it had so much more story to it. I don't know. If, I don't want to ruin the it. The only thing I actually... It, like you're right, it was a really good movie, and I I actually have mad respect for you because most people were like panning it before they'd ever seen it, and I didn't mind mm-hmm. it. The only thing that pissed me off was the crab didn't look like a crab. Yes, and scuttle. Yeah, that's. About, I'm sorry, the scuttle rap was the stupidest thing on the planet. I'm well, yeah. sorry. They took away a vital character who played, so I think played a significant role in the cartoon, and there was like nothing. Yeah. And what was yeah. there was horrible. Like, please, you could have just left it out. Yeah, exactly. Like Aquafina was not the right choice to do that voice. Well, you know, she's hilarious in the right place. Like she has done some horrible roles lately, but even her like I wouldn't mind her being Scuttle if they kept Scuttle as the one who like was Scuttle and and somewhat was guiding into the human world, but it was not at all. It was terrible. No. I don't know. That I, that's my my only downfall with it, right? I, I, I thought they should have had like a like a old cranky Jewish guy doing the voice of Scuttle. Not that that guy in the cartoon. Danny was DeVito. They sh- Yeah. <laughs> Danny <laughs> DeVito. That that could have worked. But yeah, Aquafina, you know, give her a different character. Um, one thing that um, watching the movie, like Halle Bailey. I have no issues with her casting. She's amazing. She's you know did her own singing. I thought that was spectacular. The only thing that bugged me was that all her sisters are like from different ethnicities, and like how does that work? You know, unless they're. Dad... You know what? If we learned anything from the Cinderella movie, we don't talk about that. <clears throat> well, the only thing I, I could thought th- we didn't talk about Bruno. No. <laughs> Like, the only thing I could think of is his dad must have multiple, or their dad must have multiple wives or something. There's many fish in the sea. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's where that came from. <laughs> Lots of fishies. <laughs> but, you know, but that, honestly, well, that that's my only criticism because they were definitely doing the woke thing, like, where they have to have everyone represented. And, I don't know. But they did in the cartoon, too. I mean, they all had different hair colors and skin colors in the cartoon as well, because they yeah. all represent the, seven the different seas. seas. The seven seas. Yeah. The seven seas are in different countries, right? And parts maybe. of the world. Maybe. And maybe, yeah, maybe he has queens. That's exactly what it was seas. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but, you know, like, I, I still love the original. I'm not going to lie. Um. Nothing will beat it. I, really, nothing will beat the original. No. Like, to, like to be honest with you, and, uh, the Little Mermaid. I think that goes with all the Disney cartoons, right? Yeah, like the 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 Little Mermaid and Aladdin are probably the Disney movies I've seen the most in my life. And I and honestly, and I'm not proud to say this, but I can actually sing most of the songs from the Little Mermaid. Um, oh hell yeah! So <laughs> you'd be proud of that. Yeah. That is something so to be impressed. proud of. Um, where was I going with that train of thought? So I could sing songs. Um, so anyway, it has a special place in my heart. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I and Melissa McCarthy, I thought was just fine as Ursula. Like, I thought she did great. Yeah, like I love Melissa McCarthy. She did super great. She got. 
what? panned, I think, before anyone even saw it. Like, she was not terrible. Like, was her makeup a little not the best? Yes. But honestly, she that was wasn't fine. Her fault. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't her fault. Exactly. Yeah, that wasn't her fault. The drag okay. queens that went off to her shouldn't have. Ugh, no. That was rude. And, and between, you know, live action Disney films as far, far as characters playing other iconic characters, like Will Smith did pretty good as the genie. You can't ever beat Robin Williams. I think Mac- Melissa McCarthy did great, again, being Ursula. You're never going to beat the cartoon Ursula. I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was the original. That was the one who made you, you know, learn that the villain's a villain. And, you know, I think she did great. Yeah. Um, in, in the live action movie, I can't remember, did they have... A French chef scene? Were they were, No. Yeah. No, they did. They did because but it wasn't what's the, his name from Full House. Yeah, but it wasn't like the full the, the, song, the, song and dance kind of deal yeah, like the, it was in the cartoon. Yeah, the oh, Lake Lake Cuisine, right. Lake Cuisine. He 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 ha ha ha. That one? Ha ha ha. <laughs> le, le, Oh well, I said I said Le Croissant. I don't know if that's actually that's more croissants. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Les know. <laughs> See, I, okay. I, I also don't speak French, but that song always had a special place in my heart because that was Rene Orbergenois that sang that that song. Who And he's majestic. Yeah, he who uh, went on to play Odo on Deep Space Nine, and I and it's funny because um, at one of the the Vulcans that he came to, uh, that was that question was asked of him, and he's and he was talking about it. he's like, yeah, I did this song for Disney, and he and he recorded it like in 1987 or something, and then it was like two years later when he finally saw the film, he had no idea he was playing an, an overweight. Uh, chef like he had no idea what his character looked like he just did the song so but anyway yeah yeah Can't. well he did great yeah he yeah one of the best um have we went through everyone for best movie or no i just started yeah. with alex or myself and alexa right so lillian yeah. what who's your or what's your favorite movie of 2023 Dungeons and Dragons! Uh, nice. Really? Oh my god, yes! Okay, Still only because what what made me super, super happy was I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It made D&D sense, and watching the nerds break down every single spell that happened with every single level made this so much fun. And, and it just... It was a blast watching it, and watching essentially what happens when a D&D party does things very wrong. <laughs> it, it played out know, like a real D and D game, and I have played a lot of D and D in twenty twenty three in it. So it was just, it made my soul happy. Especially like when he imp- well, there's a scene where he's walking in a straight line, and they're like, "Up, oh, is he gonna have to go around the rock?" And he just walks over the rock, and I'm like, "That's like every NPC in a video game." It was so good. It was so good. So, and I mean, who doesn't want a fat dragon? Come on. It was very clever. And I think it very much appealed to the nerd that is in us all. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's where they went right with it. 
it, it was very well done in the parts where it needed to be well done. And the fact that, that the cast played D&D together on mm-hmm. made it that just much more a little bit interesting, I think. And it was it was probably one of my most enjoyable. I don't have to worry. And I could watch it with the kids. Yes, exactly. Yep. We watched it as a family movie at my parents' house. Yep. And like all of us as a family watched and it. And considering that when I was a kid, you know, D&D was linked with um, like the devil. So like if you played D&D, like you were going to hell. Like there was actual like preaching events. So it's kind of cool that now it's more chill. Excellent. Is it more chill or is just the the devil cool now? <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin, your uh, favorite movie of 2023. All right, so I was torn as well because um, one I saw on my own and loved, and one I've seen two or three times now with my kid and just loved the experience. So our favorite movie was Across the Spider-Verse. Hmm which was just freaking amazing. And the every time I watch it, I find something new. And then, like, he found all these YouTube videos explaining stuff. Like, here's what they did for the animation for these characters that's different. Here's these Easter eggs. Here's what they did with the music. Like, if uh, Spider-Gwen's music actually has the 70s Spider-Man theme song in it, but, like, slowed down. So if you speed up her music, it's embedded in there. Mm-hmm. Just all sorts of crazy stuff. It was fantastic. Uh, favorite movie I saw on my own, though, was going into theater to see uh, Godzilla Minus One. Hmm. I absolutely lost my mind for that whole movie. People need to stop talking about this movie because I can't go see it. Oh, God, it was so fucking You're like the <laughs> fourth person I've heard of that has said this movie is the best movie ever. Why can't you go see it? Because I have no ability to go to the movies half the time, and I love my kaijus horribly. Like, my husband's at the movies right now. I don't get to go to the movies. I stay home. Um, You say, hey, husband, I'm going to the movies. You stay with the kids. It doesn't normally work like that. I'm just... Uh, I let, 2024, he, maybe. No, I know, but normally it's the <laughs> he has people to go to the movies with, and I don't. And no, I can't I go, go to the movies, movies alone a lot. I just shy. It's a it's a self love thing, man. You can do it. Yeah, honestly, I like 2024. Go to movies by. <laughs> well, I I also go to the movies by myself sometimes. Like, I mean, I'll take the wife or or my daughter. Like we like Super Mario Brothers. I took my daughter to it. Um, my wife and I, we went and watched some movie this year. What was, what did we watch? Oh, uh, Shazam 2. I took her to see that. I liked it. It, you know. Also good. Yep. You know, um, I know people kind of shit on it and say it was the worst DC film of 2023. I disagree with that, but, um, I had a good time. Um. But at the same time, like, yeah, I'll go to a movie by myself. Um, totally. It's it's kind of nice sometimes because uh, whenever we go to the movies, I always end up, you know, paying for everything. So if I take my daughter especially, because she's got to get all the candies and, all, you know, 
um, it, it it adds up. But if I go by myself, it's a, I'm I'm a nice little cheap date, you know. It, the, the, <laughs> a bag of popcorn and a and a diet coke and may it, depending on the length of the movie, like if I know it's going to be longer, I might buy a bottle of water to, to take in there with me. But yeah. All right, so uh, the next uh, three categories we'll just kind of rifle off. I think the honorable or the resolutions we might maybe delve into those next week when we do our geek follow episode because we're kind of running out of time. Um, so first up, best actress, TV or film. And I went with an actress named Elizabeth, and I'm hoping hoping I'm not, I'm not butchering butchering her name. Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, she played Princess Di on the final two seasons of The Crown. And honestly, like, I don't mean to sound rude. She's not as pretty as Princess Di was, but she looks very similar to her, and her, and she just has like Princess Di's mannerisms and her her walk and 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 the way she carried herself and how she you know wore her clothing like she she's did an amazing job really amazing job um best actor tv or film i again have nick offerman uh as i said episode three of the last of us he was amazing um and then, yeah, best moment of pop culture in 2023, and that and uh, Lillian had alluded to it earlier. But uh, when the the TNG crew reunited with the Enterprise D, like when they actually showed up on the bridge, that was in the penultimate episode of the final season of Star Trek: Picard, and it was jaw dropping. It was amazing. It was the first time, probably since Star Trek: Enterprise. That I actually rewatched the episode immediately after watching it. Um, you know, back in 2005, like when they would do really good episodes, I would record them, and then if they really appealed to me, I would rewatch them. Uh, you know, Star Trek Enterprise, whether it was Star Trek Enterprise, whether it was TNG, Deep Space Nine, uh, even a, a Great Voyager episode. Like if it was really good, I would rewind it and watch it. So I haven't done that since my VCR days uh, with, with with these new modern Star Trek shows. But for this one, I did. I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I have to watch it again. Um, all right, Alexa, best actress, TV or film? Um, I'm going to go with Jennifer Coolidge. Because she has always been a favorite of mine. However, I just finally started watching The White Lotus. Yep. Which she's in, and I absolutely love it. And not just for her. I, you know, love her as a character actress. And I feel like she is very underrated and has mm -hmm. or should be cast in a lot more roles than what she gets. Because I feel like she's got a lot more talent there than what um, has, you know, been allowed to be portrayed of her. But she's on her comeback, thanks to Ariana Grande. She like, totally is. Yeah, and she even, totally like, is. She, even she, like, had a really... She had said that there were just no jobs coming in her way until it just kind of opened up, and I think that we're going to see great things from her. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think she just got hit with that slum. She, you know, she she started with being, uh, you know, Stifler's a one, mom. One, a kind, yeah, and one kind of a comedy kind of role. But I and and what she's amazing at. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's so much more that she can do um, than just that. But that is her niche, kind of like, like the Adam Sandler, right? <laughs> Comedy's his thing, but there's so much more again that he could do. I, I think, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but wasn't she the mom in uh, The House with a Thousand Corpses, like the first Rob Zombie movie? Uh, what? no. Maybe? I, I don't think so. Because I know they recast her character for the second movie. It wasn't her. But I swear she was in that first movie as the mom. Like I the, don't. Like the hillbilly mom. To the internet. But I the, don't think I've I haven't seen that in a long time. That honestly was. But the, I I don't think so. That was the I first. I think that's someone else. That was the first movie Crystal and I watched together as a on a date. Because she's into horror know. movies. Well, that's a good one to start with. Wow, that's that's <laughs> a classic. I don't see her listed in the cast. Oh, I thought she was in that, but and of course, I absolutely loved her in Two Broke Girls. That's another one that I series that I started so rewatching. Good. But and I start I started rewatching it because my stepdad started watching it based on my recommendation, <laughs> and he's like, "This is amazing! Like I told you, I knew you'd love it because it's so good." I'm on Two Broke Girls TikTok and it makes me happy. Oh yes. <laughs> then best actor i don't know i I don't really have one (laughs) not any one that stands out to me anyways is that yeah um and what was my last one oh a best moment of 2023 for you uh um, I, again, I don't think I have one. I really don't. I thought long and hard about this. Like, you gave us all these questions ahead of time, and it's been, like, over a week. And I had a really hard time with coming up with even these ones, man. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if I have one, honestly. Interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm still looking up Jennifer Coolidge. I'm, I'm trying, like I could swear that was her. Anyway, um, Lillian, uh, best actress, best actor, and best moment of 2023 for you. Okay, so best actor is Alan Richardson because that man is beautiful and preacher. Um, <laughs> also, I love his story about how. I saw an interview and he was talking about having to bulk up for Reacher. He had to gain 30 pounds of muscle because they were like, you are not allowed on set unless you are like 240 and you're golden. But it wrecked him. Like being that big, he's not naturally that big. Like he was not a small boy to begin with, but um, it's just uncomfortable. And uh, so he, he's my, he's my, he's my number one. He's my kaiju. And then uh, my favorite actress, I'd have to probably just say from Reacher as well, Willa Fitzgerald, who played Roscoe, did an amazing job. 
And just I loved every second of their screen time together and I loved every second of her. And I would look forward to seeing her in more things. Um, and probably my all time favorite 2023 pop culture moment would have to be that season final of Picard like that. Just uh, I'm so glad I accidentally chose to watch it just because it is such a core moment for any Trekkie. I think that even if you hate Picard like I do, um, then you, this moment is so important to understand what is happening here. Like this, this, this lore that has been created and this beautiful thing that has been done. Um, I don't care if you hate Picard. You must watch the season final of season three. You have to mandatorily mm-hmm. because it's beautiful. And you will cry. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it was great. You know, as a Star Trek fan, it, it was a good send off. Was it perfect? No, but it was pretty darn good. It really was. Um, so, really quickly to get back to House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, it was a lady named Karen Black who played the character I was thinking of. Um, however, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Chris Hardwick was in that movie. Same with Rain Wilson, who went on to play Dwight Schrute on The Office. Yeah. Yes. He's one of the college kids that gets killed. Yeah. He was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So little. But yeah, he he actually was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. He was in his, in his younger years, right? Yep. Well, him and Chris Hardwick, yeah, and a couple girls, like, yeah, they're just on a road trip or something and come across that family. But, anywho. You know uh, what? In in saying how how you just kind of went into the, you know, the younger years, I guess it also comes with a comeback. I guess I would say I'll have a best actor of 2023. It's Brendan Fraser. Ooh. Yes. That boy deserves everything. Yeah, Yeah, in the whale. Exactly. And he also hit his comeback. Like the 2023 was his year. His year, and it was totally. beautiful. Well, honestly, yeah. and, and very deserving, right? I, I kind of forgot about that. Like, I mean, not that I thought it was a bad movie. I thought it was amazing. That actually, that movie actually probably would have been my favorite of the year had I thought of it. I yeah. just thought of it now. <laughs> yeah, it was. He was so amazing. Um, and so it was such so uh, heartbreaking. It was and, beautiful. Yeah. A deep, touching movie, right? Yeah. I think it also, when you think of it in 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 the sense of even just Brendan Fraser, it kickstarted something where he was. I don't want to say he was ever not seen as valuable, but it wasn't. You know, he was doing the Doom Squad, and he was slowly getting back into film after everything that had happened, and he'd been shredded apart by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really was like a moment where people actually saw him again as an actor, I think, and not just as a novelty to have around. Yeah. 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 Because in Doom Squad, it was like, oh, look, he's the voice of Brendan. But it wasn't actually his face. Like, it wasn't him. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, they did show him in a couple scenes, but. They did. But still, it was he was the fat, old, yeah. washed up yeah. dude, right? Yeah, because he was like a Indy 500 driver yeah. or something. Yeah. It was like Fat Thor. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he's there for comedic relief, 
and and that's really it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's nice to see these actors come back, like come back in different ways than what they were before, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> yeah, because he kind of oh. cornered that goofy comedic. Yeah, he got at, stuck in, in it, in right? Two thousand, yeah, like. I mean, some of those, like, The Blast from the Past, I love that movie. Like, that's a fantastic yes. movie. That was my um, son's favorite movie for the longest time. And I even when Encino Man came out, I, I loved Encino it Man. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. still one of my favorites. It's a I class. actually just recently watched that in 2023 with my son. We <laughs> kind of started going through kind of the old, like, you know, more 80s, 90s-esque movies. Yeah. Um, ones that, you know, I think everybody should see as they were part of, like, classic classic movies they're not you know your top notch gotta see but they were there and they have rewatch value and they're you know always gonna be there yeah uh kev honorable mentions uh kev uh your best actress best tv best actor and best moment for 2020 so i'm not gonna be able to pronounce the names (laughs) i'll just say that right now uh Best actress is um, the young lady who plays Kamala Khan in Miss Marvel and the Marvels. Yeah, she's great. Yes. Absolutely infectious. And like I said before, she should become the heart of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. 100% love her. Yes. She's just heartwarming and so believable and... I don't know. True? Does that make sense? Yeah. But she's genuine. Like she's just yeah, genuine. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She did good. Um, best actor, and I will. I'm not even try to pronounce his name, but the one who played High Evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yep. Yeah, he's he's great. With all the Jonathan Major stuff going on, I think just pretend there's some sort of weird time thing happened and recast Kang with him and have him continue through in the next group of Marvel movies. But he was just... And I gotta see him in other movies now because I was absolutely fascinated. Yeah, he was in um, the Peacemaker series. Oh, is he? Yep. Yeah, he, I still like that. Yeah, no, that's great. Peacemaker, I love Peacemaker. That was such a great Peacemaker movie. was amazing. My son made me watch that. Yeah. <laughs> but he he plays the like the guy that gives the group their orders. Um yep. but he also has a twist to his character that's revealed. Um but yeah, no cuz yeah, he works with James Gunn uh, on a lot of things, so I think that's why he got cast in his last Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so. Um, for best moment, and then uh, I caved and I had to pick a wrestling one. So, uh, in April, WWE had their first ever pay-per-view in Puerto Rico. And they had every wrestler of Puerto Rican descent was uh, in a match on the show. They brought back wrestlers that had retired to appear on it and they got bad bunny to wrestle in the main event and to see 
40, 50,000 Puerto Ricans chanting and cheering and singing full songs in Spanish and just being there for their people was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in all my years watching wrestling. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how you, I'm purposely going to word this badly. Um, I can understand why so many of these wrestlers and celebrities end up having drug addictions because I don't see how you can have that many people chanting your name and come down from it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's explaining it badly at all. I think that was a great <laughs> that's, explanation. Yeah. I mean, it literally is. It's, it's, I think it's also if you think world. of it, when it's that kind of a high that when you do crash from it, you look for something else to make you feel that good because it's a wonderful feeling that, that, that feeling. Yeah. Like oh. it, it was one of the most, like, I mean, I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of shows. I've been to shows, but that was one of the most amazing crowds I've ever seen in my life. And like, I was je- like, I was jealous, not because of any specific match or anything. I was jealous because I'm like, I want to be in that room and just experience this too. microphone so i sound a little bit better um as i said originally we were going to do our geek resolutions for 2024 but we're also approaching the two hour mark so i think what we'll do is we'll add our resolutions to our next episode which will be geek fallout reloaded which we are planning on recording um a week from now so we'll, we'll add that to to that um and so I think we can call this an episode. We'll go around the table, and uh, you could tell us uh, where we can find you on the internet. Um, for myself, I am doing another episode of the Pop Culture Pub, possibly this week. I am interviewing an author about uh, a book that he wrote called TV Dinners Unboxed. Um, it's uh, Jeff... Swiston, I believe is, is uh, how I pronounce his last name. I'm going to be meeting with him over the Skype, and we're going to talk about his book. I unfortunately didn't get to read it all. I'm only about like a quarter of the way through. Uh, but so far, it's interesting. He's not only talking about TV dinners and the history of TV, TV dinners, but also kind of like explaining like, you know, the history of, 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 you know, following the war and all that kind of stuff, why, you know, TV dinners kind of became a thing um, and actually were quite expensive when they first came out. I didn't realize that. I thought they were a cheap alternative. Now they're a cheap, cheap alternative, but uh, back then they actually were more expensive. So um, it's an interesting read, so be on the lookout for that feed. And as I said, we'll be reconvening next week. Uh, to t- talk about uh, some geek news and stuff on Geek Followed and our resolutions. Uh, Alexa, where can we find you? Uh, you can usually find me or at least get a hold of me through twitch.tv forward slash rexarula. Excellent. Uh, Lillian, where can we find you? You can find me on what used to be Twitter. If you look up Queen Zombie, you can also find me 
Well, actually, that's the only place I want you to find me. Just come and find me on Twitter and keep me company, <laughs> darling, because the rest of them are very boring and, and not interesting at all. But that one, that one I enjoy. Twitter at least still has its moments of like chaos that are worth watching. Excellent. I was going to ask, have you been watching The Crown? Because you sound like you came from an episode of that. Nope, I just automatically break into a British accent because it's oh, okay. a horrible thing to happen because I lived there for multiple years. Oh, no, it's, it, it, you do a great job. Do a great job. Um, well, thank you. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? You can find me on most social medias. I, I'm not starting a new one, though. Um, at Hellions Team and Hellions Team.com is the blog which I will be more active on in 2024, but um, all of my resolutions will be discussed on the next episode. Excellent. Yeah, I am I just want to throw it out there that uh, I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it, at ChrisLock1701. So if you want, like, if you're a listener and you want to send me a friend request, let me know that you're a listener. Like, because I get all these weird friend requests, when, and I'm thinking... They're probably listeners, but I don't know. So I, I, I don't add people I don't know. Um, and, I mean, some of the people, I, I did message them and say, hey, how do I know you? Because I don't like just and adding random people that I don't necessarily know. Um, so if you are a listener and you've sent me a friend request, please put that in the request that that's how you know me. Um so if I rejected you, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be snotty. I'm just trying to keep my friends and contacts in the circle of people that I know. Um, and the thing is, like, I'm all I'm all for you know befriending listeners because that's how I got some of my uh, the people that are on the podcast. You know, we we started out as friends on social media. And all right, so on behalf of all of us, my name Chris. My name is Chris Lockhart. I was joined. Uh, with uh, by Lillian Kedelson, Kevin Decent, and Rexa Rula. And, yeah, we are back. It's 2024, our next episode together. Fingers crossed everyone will be there. Uh, Geek Follow Reloaded. And that will be out, coming out next week. So on behalf of all of us, thank you for listening, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Bye.